Today's episode is sponsored by you and others like you who have pledged a flexible monthly donation through the Urban Achiever Patreon page. Please consider becoming a contributor by visiting patreon.com slash urbanachiever. And thank you for your support. What's up, Achievers? It's me, your host and friend, Billy Power. I know. uh, I can't believe it either. (laughs) Where have I been? Well, it all feels like a dream now, or as Lloyd Dobler would say, a blur of food, sex, and spectacle hurtling towards the apocalypse, in which case it's not your fault. (laughs) You know, back in the first week of May, yes, May, My wife's great aunt died, and I was already nearing the end of my rope, and it's hard to imagine what followed after that. Overworked, stressed, flying from one engagement to the next. The beginning of the second week in May, on Monday, I traveled into the city to the 50th floor of 100 Penn Plaza. It's a building right next to Penn Station. I found the job on Indeed.com. I searched for something at night within 15 miles of my house, After four years of driving 100 miles a day, I was done. I held on for the kids the best that I could, but a man has limits and I was reaching mine. I traveled into the city and I got hired. The next day I went to see the musical Come From Away in New York City. My aunt and uncle had bought tickets and had canceled the trip. And so uh, my wife and I went in to see it. Uh, It's a musical about a bunch of families uh, and uh, passengers whose planes have been diverted during 9-11, which doesn't really sound like a good plot for a musical, but is actually very entertaining uh, and interesting. And the stories uh, were interesting. Uh, After the show, we ran into uh, Sean O'Donnell from Dogwood and Yellowcard, a friend and former guest of the show. Uh, He had a attended the same show with his wife. Very strange. We just uh, came outside and they were standing on the street. And the day after that, I met my friend David Cotton at the Asbury Hotel. We went and had breakfast. He was on tour and in town. Uh, That Friday, I had my final and my intro to music recording class. I got an A on the test and in the class. I got to tell you, I never got A's when I was in high school, so I felt pretty good about that. And the following week, I had orientation and training on Wednesday a day after I released episode 100 of this show, and the day after, on Thursday, I started working overnight from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. That weekend, I had a kiss in the class show on Saturday. At the show, one of the kids was talking about stabbing bandmates in the back. I think he's 10 or 11 years old, and he said, I learned that from my boy, Paul Stanley. Which I got to say, in the uh, annals of stage banter, that may be one of my uh, favorites that I've ever heard in my life. I learned that from my boy, Paul Stanley. The next day, I had a Pink Floyd and Queen uh, School of Rock show. That took all day. 
and then I worked at the new job again overnight. That Monday, the next day, after shows all weekend and working overnight, I had my first American music class on campus, and English Comp 2 class started online. And this was the beginning of a grind that I would grind out for the next five weeks. Work all night, sleep two to three hours, drive to college, which is about 45 minutes away, spend two hours in my American music class, which was uh, usually PowerPoints and uh, with the lights out. It's like they were trying to kill me. Uh, great professor, though. I'm very engaging. I would say I actually really enjoyed that class. Uh, drive an hour and 15 minutes to Red Bank and work at School of Rock from 1.30 to 7.30. Then drive 45 minutes to an hour to Kearney and work all night in the city from 8.30 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. Get in bed at 6 a.m., sleep two to three hours, and do it all over again. I had Friday and Saturday nights off from the new gig, but I was working Friday and Saturday at the school. So that's... Work all night, sleep two to three hours, drive to college, which is about 45 minutes away, spend two hours in my American mu music class, drive another hour and 15 minutes to Red Bank, work at the School of Rock from 1.30 to 7.30, then drive 45 minutes to an hour to Kearney, work all night from 8.30 to 5.30, get in bed at 6 a.m., sleep to two to three hours, and do it all over again. In the middle of my second week at the new job, I had a first aid class. The next day as we were driving to the area we'd be working in the Bronx, there was an unconscious body in the road. It was laying in the road so that the man's head was where our tire would be and his body going out in front of the vehicle at an angle. It was the top of the exit ramp near Yankee Stadium and he was laying in the road and somebody was already calling 911 and people were flying up the ramp and honking. We put our lights on and put cones out to block the body until help could arrive. The firemen came quick and were directing traffic as well as an ambulance. And while they were attending to this guy, another caring New Yorker came flying up the ramp and was holding his horn down in a constant blare. And one of the firemen yelled at him, shut the fuck up, what is wrong with you? A short while later, they whisked him away, the man with a rope for a belt. And we disappeared into the night. My new job has me and a rotating partner in a truck driving all around the city. Yonkers, Westchester, the Bronx, Washington Heights, Harlem, Brooklyn, Uptown, Downtown, West Side, East Side, Lower East Side, The Village, Wall Street, everywhere. It's amazing to me the amount of people who are walking around seemingly doing nothing at 3 a.m. in the morning. I know New York is known as the city that never sleeps and for a lot of reasons that's probably appropriate but I'd like to petition the mayor or whoever to champion an alternate slogan that I came up with, and that is the city that's never finished. That's because everywhere you go, they're working on things and scaffolding is just part of the native landscape, temporary boilers, tubes coming out of manholes, con ed crews, plumbing crews, road crews, construction crews. The work never stops.
Somewhere in there was Memorial Day, but I worked that night. And after two weeks of that, it was time for the final Kiss, Clash, Queen, and Pink Floyd shows all weekend with the shows, and then overnight again Sunday night and back in class at 10.30 a.m. on Monday morning. The week following the shows, I was off from School of Rock on a week of PTO, but it didn't feel like much of a break, though, as I was still working overnight, sleeping two to three hours, driving to school, going to class, coming home, studying, sleep a few more hours, work overnight. My sleep schedule was just totally uh, deranged. And at the end of that week, I picked up my first paycheck from the new job, and that was the day that I knew I was going to quit the School of Rock. It had been building for a long time and there was a lot of contributing factors. The kids kept me going and the kids and the families and my staff, it was heartbreaking. We had worked so hard and accomplished so much, but something had to give and the new gig was going to pay me hundreds of dollars more a month, getting ri- get rid of my long commute and free up my days for school. During that week, we also had a walking tour of the East Village for my American music class. We met at Washington Square Park, which was a popular place for concerts during the folk festival, uh, folk revival. We saw the places where Dylan first played and lived, and I was wearing my Princess Leia uh, and Slayer parody shirt that says Slayer and features Princess Leia and corpse paint. And a hippie guy yelled at me as he passed by, fuck that satanic shit, wake the fuck up. New York never disappoints. The following Monday, I put in my two-week notice. I had told all my staff in person face-to-face over the weekend shows. Didn't really have time to sink in because I was turning in essays every couple of days for both of my classes while working both jobs. I don't know how I did it, to be honest. I don't know how I was surviving on so little sleep, but it did catch up to me. Leading into my last week, I had to attend a concert to do an evaluation for my American music class. It honestly felt like the first break I had had in a really long time. I went to this place called Ruthie's in Montclair where I caught Vin Mott's Rhythm and Blues Band. Ironically, Vin teaches at the School of Rock in Montclair. He plays a mean harmonica. I had some pizza and some salad and enjoyed the music while taking notes. I shared a table with a couple who had just moved to Montclair. It was their first time, too. Late in the set, one of the owners came straight out of the kitchen and unpacked his guitar and played some songs with the band. Take a breath. The next day was Father's Day, and I had a poetry essay due, and a few days later I had my final in American Music, and mercifully that class ended a few days early because I had a final research paper due for my English class, a research paper on The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock by the poet T.S. Eliot. It was to be six pages plus citations and had to have at least three citations from academic criticism. I have never written a research paper in my life, let alone in college, or obviously, not while working 80 hours a week, driving all over New Jersey and New York and running on two to hours of, uh, three hours of sleep a night. That Thursday, the 22nd of June, as I feverishly worked on finishing my research paper, I was about to break. I could physically feel it all building up in me. Parents were starting to ask about me leaving. My last day was going to be that Saturday. I was regretting all my decisions and wondering what led me to this place. I was second-guessing everything, and I thought that there was no way I was going to get a good grade on that paper. That Monday, I was supposed to start a basic musician class, and this is a prerequisite class for all the multiple music theory classes I was going to take. This is one area that had been my Achilles heel with music. It's how I ended up bouncing from the military school music when I was in the Army. It's why I never went to college for music. 
After I registered, I went on Rate My Professor, and everybody said about this teacher that he was the worst. He speaks in metaphors that nobody understands, they would say. He's not helpful. He will never answer your question. So my relief was palpable on that Thursday, the 22nd of June, as I received a call from my school notifying me that that class had been canceled due to a lack of enrollment. Thank you, Jesus. I felt the relief wash over me as I let that news sink in. I proofread my proof rock paper and hit submit. And it was time to work again all night. Quite frankly, the last thing I wanted to do at this point was to start over with a new job. You have to meet all these new people. You have to learn new things, which can be challenging. I'm conscientious. I like to work. I take pride in doing a good job. I'm not a slacker. I want to be good at whatever I'm doing. And to say that I don't know anything about electricity would be an understatement. So it's crazy that I quit something that is well within my comfort zone to detect problems in the New York City electrical system on behalf of Con Edison. But that's exactly what I did. Nobody ever understands what I do for a living, not at the record company, not at the merch company, not at the startup, and this job might be the worst of them all. <laughs> we drive around in a truck that has the detector on the back, which signals an audible alarm when there is an electrical field in the air above a certain level, and when it sounds, we get out to investigate with handheld equipment. If we find a problem, we phone it in, log it, they send an electrician or driver to fix a problem or to wait and secure the site until Con Edison can come fix it. It's actually interesting to me. It's repetitive work. It's task-oriented. But for the first time in several decades, I have a job that doesn't have an email. I don't have email. I don't have a phone. There's no meetings. There's no calls. Nobody's depending on me. It's a relief of the highest order that when my shift is done in the morning, it's done. And that's that. I like not being chained to a desk and a phone and a computer, as I have for several decades. To be out at night in the city, experiencing life and people is a relief. My last day at the School of Rock was that Saturday, the last Saturday in June. It was emotional and hard. Some of the families and kids surprised me with a going away party. There was cake and tater tots. You know, I love tater tots. <laughs> and a spontaneous performance from some of the kids. They gave me gifts and a poster that they all signed. <sighs> I keep trying to read the poster, but I start crying every time. One of the moms gave a speech about me that left me sobbing. I tried to say something as I choked down my tears. This was the hardest right decision I ever had to make. The hardest. It hurt. I love those kids and that staff and those families. And I still do. I got an A in American Music. I got a B in English comp. I did get a 26 out of 30 on my research paper, which I'm really proud of considering the circumstances. Only one person got an A in that class, so I felt pretty good about my overall grade too. I worked hard for those grades. Last Monday, I started a sociology class online. No more driving to Red Bank, no more driving to campus, just one online class and one job. And I finally got to see my wife who is starting to feel like a stranger in the last 10 days spending time with her has been amazing. This July 4th was the 17th anniversary of when we first met at Cornerstone Festival in Illinois. 17 years gone in a flash. 
We live on a second floor apartment where we can see all the neighboring town's fireworks. And as we stood there last night watching the fireworks, I was filled with gratitude for my life and for surviving the hardest 36 days of my life. All right, that's it. That's, uh, that's where I've been. That's what I've been doing. Uh, it's not just the city that never sleeps or that's never finished. I'm never finished either, I guess. <laughs> uh, thank you for hanging in there. Thank you to those of you that have been sending me uh, notes of encouragement, asking if I'm okay, where I've been, if I'm doing all right. I'm hoping now that uh, I survived these uh, last 36 days, five weeks, six weeks, that uh, I can get back on track here with the show. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support and, uh, onward and upward. Uh, I'm going to be enjoying this sociology class. Try to get to the bottom of, uh, what's wrong with people. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to support this show financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash urban achiever. The urban achiever themes show music was written and performed by Ethan Luck. And, uh, you can check out older episodes of the show at urbanachievershow.com. You can survive, uh, survive. <laughs> survive uh, you can subscribe on iTunes and uh, you can also do a one time donation at urbanachievershow.com you can reach me anytime at billy at urbanachievershow.com and uh, I always write back to those of you uh, who do write me uh, some of you wrote me at the beginning of this time period uh, that I just described and uh, I just got back to you So, but I will get back to you uh, thanks for listening I will see you next time that's all I got uh, in the meantime Keep up the good work. I'm proud of you.